Welcome to the Spring Hills Podcast. Today, I've got two special guests with me. Pastor Brett is back. Now, Brett, you haven't been on the podcast in months. Yeah, how come you haven't invited me? Back well, we took a little. We did take a little break in the summer, so that was oh. one of the one of the things where I just brought in uh, <laughs> a couple guys when uh, when they spoke. Uh, Dan Navarra, for example, when he came, I did a little oh, FaceTime okay. or Zoom thing with That's him. That's a lot of excuses, um, but I'm glad to be here. Yeah, back. we'll blame it. On, I'll blame it on Kiki. She's the one that told me to take a break. Uh, and I know Kiki doesn't listen to podcasts. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Um, Our other special guest is uh, Pastor Paul Ortlinghouse. I forgot the T on his name earlier in the text message. I apologize, Paul. But you How may recognize... How many T's are there in your name, Paul? I mean, well, three, are there three T's? That's what I heard. We have more. I have more, and I think Garrett is missing one of those T's. Uh, How many T's name. are in your name? Doesn't Garrett? Is no, I got one R, two T's. I got all the T's. I'm oh, you got all the, the T's. R's. You're missing an R. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how many T's. So, Paul, you uh, you spoke, uh, I don't know, two months ago. You've been here twice now? You spoke twice? Yeah, two times. So, uh, you may recognize, Paul, I think one time you were wearing a sling. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, the second time I had just had shoulder surgery, and so I... Uh, had to do it all with one arm, left arm. Yeah. So go ahead and give just give us a little uh, a little tidbit on who you are, so people can be reminded. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me uh, again. My name is Paul, and I'm married to Kristen. We've been married 28 years, and I have four kids, uh, 22 just about in a couple of days, 15, 14, and 11. So life is full and busy. I thought you meant 22 kids in just no, a couple days. I'm four like, kids. what's happening the there? Oldest will let's, be. Let's dig into that one. <laughs> in a few His minutes. name is Abraham. Abraham. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, and I've been pastoring Soma Church Community here in Santa Rosa for 13 years now. We actually just had our 13th birthday weekend. Oh, cool. So that was a lot of fun to see God and see God's faithfulness and look to the next 13 years, Lord willing, or whatever more you God would have You got a teenager. Yeah, we are. We are a teenager as a church. We are in trouble now, adolescents, <laughs> and, uh, but it's good. And, uh, at but least we're, you're I out think, of diapers, though. Yeah, exactly. We're exactly. in our late 20s now, right? Is that Yeah, late we're, we're going to be 30 next year. Oh, 30, wow. the big 3-0. We're going to have a big party. We're going to have a big party. I remember yeah. being at the 15th big yes. party at yes. Luther Burbank Center, and yes. that was really cool. Sweatshirts. Yeah, I remember that. Remember that? I remember that. And then uh, you're all, you're a local guy. You've been... Yeah, well, so before Soma, I was a youth pastor for 12 years locally. And then before that... Hessel? Is that and, right? Yeah, at Hessel Church, right? That's where I grew up. That's where I became a Christian. And I was impacted by the youth ministry. And God used that to call me into ministry. And from there, I went to Biola and Talbot and was involved in youth ministry in uh, Orange County and then Ventura County and then back to Hessel before God called us to plant Soma. Right on. Cool, man. Well, I'm glad you're joining us today. Yeah, thanks for um, having me. This is a long time coming. I spoke to you about this, I don't know, three or four months ago. While you guys were still, uh, your church met on our campus for a while, and yeah. I think it was while you guys were still doing that, or maybe it was when you had a small group here or something. I remember you um, asking. So it's and, been a while. Uh, was honored to be invited in just about a matter of too much happening at the time, but I'm glad we could do it today. We've and, had too uh, much Mike Baker lately too, you know, Mike is, uh, actually I really like Mike on the oh, podcast. That's why Cross I keep Point inviting Church, him back. I yes. love bringing Mike. He's fun to have. Mike, on the if you're listening right now, we miss you. So Mike is the pastor at Cross Point Church. Great we, church. We did one last week with him, uh, about creation, which was oh. fun. Him and Garrett Ward. That was a fun one. Um, all right. Well, today our topic, uh, we're going to be talking about community. And uh, the reason I chose this topic is because we recently just did our Grow in Faith series, and we had all the different uh, different ministries you can get involved in. We had a little bit like a job fair out on the patio, and uh, it was really cool to see that um, you kind of forget sometimes how many opportunities there are within your church 
to get plugged in. And it's so important to get plugged in. Community is, uh, is vitally important to us. The reason we long for more meaningful relationships is because that's what God designed us for, um, for deeper community. So uh, the verse that I, I wanted to, to point out here, I have two here to, just to point out at the very beginning. This is Galatians 6.2. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. So um, let's dig into this a little bit. But first of all, let's just kind of uh, define community. What is within the church? What does community look like within a church body? Well, you know, it comes from the Greek word koinonia, which means to have in common. And so when the Bible talks about fellowship, it's, it's translating that Greek word, koinonia. And in the first century church, they shared when someone had a financial burden. There were people that donated to meet the financial burden. Uh, they met together and had meals together. So they're providing for each other to have enough food together. I mean, it was like instead of seeing your life as an individual, uh, they saw their, their community as we're here for each other, sort of. Uh, that's the way it, it began. The, the church began as a sharing of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. And it's real important to us. Our full church name is Soma Church Community. And we, on purpose, put the word community at the end because we wanted to be a community of believers like what Pastor Brett just described, not only for one another, but for the larger community that we live in. So we're to be a community within this larger community, in this case of Sonoma County, uh, and doing life together. I think really to be in community means you are known and you're, you're being known. You know, it, it's a two-way thing. You know others and they know you, and it's life on life. Yeah, it's not a coincidence that the, that the word community is involved in a lot of church names. Yeah. I think Spring Hills was started as Spring Hills Community Church. I think now we're just Spring Hills Church, right? Yeah, um, it was sort of a popular to way to name your church there for a while uh, to throw community. And I think it was to attract people because people in our culture are so lonely. Yeah. And, and there are so many needs that they have, and uh, they're hurting in many ways. So to say to the community, here's a church that wants you to come and be a part of something. Right is very attractive. And COVID made community it was such it was a this is a kind of a hot topic for a while because it was the church is essential. You did a series Brett called the church is essential and it it's because it's so hard to have community over Zoom. And we were so isolated from each other and we really saw the need for it. We had a uh, a team night. I I think we didn't have church for 13 weeks, right? So we had a team night somewhere around that week 9, week 10. And what we did was it was a drive-through, and you'd come and you'd get an ice cream cone. You'd see everybody. We'd wave to you, hand you an ice cream cone with our masks and our gloves on and everything. And people are in tears because they, they were so happy to see people. And they're like, can I get out and hug you? And, of course, I'm just like, yeah, get out and hug whoever you want. <laughs> everybody get hugs. I don't care. But uh, it was one. It was a hot topic because it was, it was this is why we need church. And there's people being like, don't you know the church is, is not just the four walls? It's, it's everywhere. And it's like, no, I understand that. But. You need the community. It's not yeah. supposed to be I by th- yourself. I was in thinking, and uh, this always comes to me in Genesis, where Genesis, where God says it's not good for man to be alone. Right. And uh, so then he, of course, creates the woman, and the woman's going to be the helpmate to the man, and then community comes, and uh, through, of course, their family, and on and on it goes. But it's just not. It's still not good for people to be alone. Right. Yeah. Our faith is 
personal. Obviously, we have a personal relationship with God through Jesus, but it's not private. And that's the problem some people have. They want it to be just this private thing. And that's actually not what it is to be a Christian. And like you're talking about last year in COVID, for us, it's probably different since we're a small church, um, as in smaller challenges, different challenges. Um, but as a small church, when we had that first Sunday back in June after those 13 weeks uh, together, we were outside because we don't have our own building and the community felt so good because we mm-hmm. were back together as a community. It wasn't just about having a service to worship, although that's part of it, but we were together. Mm-hmm. We were together and we missed that for 13 weeks. Right. Yeah. We, ha- I have a small group um, that I've done now for almost two years. Uh, this would have been, I would have been on, on year two of it, but um, it's a basketball group. Can't do that over zoom. So this basketball group <laughs> with a lot of guys that don't regularly attend church, they would come to to this group, some of them not Christians, uh, they'd come to the group and we'd always have this time where we'd meet in the middle, in the middle of our, we'd stop playing, do it like a halftime, we'd pray together, we'd do a devotional together, and they got a lot out of it. And it was so encouraging for those guys. And so when we were going to start the basketball group again, unfortunately, because of the current mask mandate, we've been told we need to hold off again. So we still haven't been able to play. Um, but just knowing the guys really, really miss that camaraderie just to be able to not just play basketball, but to pray for one another, share the things that are going on in their lives and um, have these, you know, have community. Uh, what are I wanted to talk about just some ways, because a lot of times pe- someone might show up to church. Now, we can talk about um, the differences between, you know, the big church and the small church and how uh, sometimes you've got a, such a big church that it's easy to fall through the cracks. You've got um, a small church that sometimes can feel a little clicky because everybody knows each other. They're all family, that kind of thing. But what are some of the best ways to get plugged into a church community? And we can we can make it generalized between all different kinds of churches. You know, I've only been part of three churches my whole life. And uh, the church I became a Christian in, the church I was part of in Dallas when I went to seminary, and then our church here at Spring Hills. Uh, so I don't have. I, it's not like I've been into a. I've been in, in a lot of them, but in every church I've been a part of, I always volunteered, and I always started serving. And in doing that, I got to know people right away. I even got to know the pastor, and I got to know uh, leaders in the church just volunteering to serve, showing up, helping. You know, and there's always something that needs to be done. And certainly, if a person says, "Hey, I'm available to help." Um, so I think that's one of the easiest ways to get fellowship is just volunteer. You know, you get to know people on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and again, this gets back to, uh, what it means to, to be a Christian. It means to, to use your gifts, to serve, to, to plug in. And so it's, it's both things. You, you're, you're serving the body, you're helping the church, you're helping, uh, to accomplish the goals of, of the church. But in so doing, you have this, uh, quick and easy way to meet people, to get to know people. And sometimes organic relationships can happen, right? Yeah. In and through that. I think one thing we focus on a lot is also small groups. So serving in small groups, yes. there's, we, if you come to church, you hear us talk about these things a lot. And that's not just because, you know, we need more people serving or we just want more signups for small groups. We know how important it is. We have in the, in the band, we've got, um, you know, th- these musicians will come and they'll be here all weekend. It's a tight knit group. Everybody that's here has been serving for quite a while now with this team. And when they come in, it's very much like a family. And there's lots of different group messages of people just being like, hey, pray for so-and-so this week because they're going through this. Or they got sick, so they haven't been able to be here for a few weeks. And 
Um, especially when, again, COVID, when we came back from 13 weeks, the people that came back and played, it was, it's, it's a huge deal because we get to see part of our family again. Um, we actually have a guy who's returning this weekend. Um, David's coming back, so he's going to play guitar again. And uh, he hasn't been able to be, be at church for, I mean, a year and a half now. So um, they've been coming again regularly for a while. And he's back. He's going to play. He's super excited to see everybody. Oh, and everybody's awesome. like, in our text message, like, yes, David's back. We can't wait to see David. You Has know? he been practicing his guitars? I hope so. I've been telling him. <laughs> I've been telling him. So You know, I, the, word, uh, the word one another, alone in the Greek, mm. appears 58 times in the New Testament. How do you say in the Greek? alone, Which is weird. One another, all, it sounds like all alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it appears 58 times. One another. Uh-huh. One another one another, which is the whole concept of uh, fellowship in the church. And so you have things like bear one another's burdens. You mentioned that uh, passage. You have pray for one another. You have serve one another. You have encourage one another, build one another up, uh, teach one another, admonish one another. So if you take the 58 occurrences of one another, you can probably boil them down to about 10 practices mm-hmm. that really do illustrate our need for one another and what fellowship is. Love one another, of course. Greet one another. Uh, so you uh, it, that defines what we're to be about at the church. When we come together, I want to greet you. I want to encourage you. I want to pray for you. I want to serve you. I want to you know, build your life up. Um, and, uh, people really need the one another's, right? Absolutely. And like we kind of touched on already, you know, getting back together after the shutdown wasn't only about the large gathering, although there's a place for that. I know we both, Brett, you and I believe strongly in, in that gathering. And that's a sort of another part of what it means to be the church. But if we are the people of God, if the church isn't a building, if it's the people, and if we're to do all these one another's that the New Testament talks about, that's going to require knowing and being known. And uh, I kept yes. thinking earlier of in Proverbs, it talks about iron sharpening iron. So one person sharpens another. And that only happens when you get to know people. And so to your question, again, one way is to serve. You guys have small groups. We too at our church have different groups. And so that's part of our job as leaders in the church is to help make some opportunities. Not everybody's going to Actually, I don't think anybody drifts toward true biblical community. And uh, I'd like to come back and and talk a little more on kind of a nuance I've been thinking of over the last few years on what makes biblical community a little different than other kind of communities. But people aren't going to drift that way. I think we have to help nudge them. You got my interest now. What is biblical community? Well, I think, you know, you talked about like your basketball uh, guys and, and your bandmates, and I think that's all good, and, and we can have interests that we share. But if you think about even the dis- the disciples or the apostles, what a motley crew, literally, of, of guys. And you've got um, Simon the Zealot. So, I mean, he was someone who wanted to go in there and take over, get, kick Rome out uh, on behalf of, you know, Physically God's kick people. Rome out. Literally, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he would be a, a modern-day mercenary type. And then you've got the tax collector, Matthew, who's basically working for Rome. And Jesus called both these guys into this small group, 12 guys, 13 with Jesus, and they did life together. Like, what would have that have been like to see the tensions amongst these guys? And yet, and so it points out that, 
to have this, this koinonia, this fellowship, this biblical unity, isn't unanimity, but it, it's more like, more like harmony, more like, like a symphony where you've got people playing and singing all these different parts, but it comes together. It's not all the same exact thing, uh, but, but they work together. And, and so therefore, biblical Christian community is centered on Jesus so you can have a zealot, you can have a tax collector. In our day, we, we ought to be able to have a left-leaning Democrat and a right-leaning Republican that can have biblical community because those things ought to be secondary to, to the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, as, as the core thing. And it takes some, <clears throat> I was thinking about the disciples with Jesus for three years and, um, you know, uh, all they experienced together. Um, our small groups, or even I mentioned serving, but it it needs to be, people need to get to know each other, which you say, being known and and uh, being known by others and knowing others. Right. We're too much like billiard balls on a pool table. You know, it's like you, they hit and they bounce off and then they hit the bumper and hit and they're gone. Um, some way to... Um, just have community, which it means taking our busy lives and cutting out some things so that we see the value of this. Yeah. Um, it means taking the risk of being known. Well, even in our families, I mean, I mentioned my four kids earlier, and so there's six of us. When the kids are little, maybe it's easier, but as they all get older, everybody has interests and yes. opportunities and jobs and this and that. So as parents, we have to be intentional to say, hey, we're having family night. We're having dinner tonight. You know, you're sticking around. We got to talk. We got to be intentional because then we're not going to drift. And, and we have to help our church people realize that uh, serving, signing up for a small group, uh, doing these different things, things won't necessarily happen immediately. We have to uh, help them hang in there and, and nudge them along and, and talk about it uh, all the time. A lot of times there might be a natural uh, reaction to going, if you're going, let's say somebody's going through something difficult, their natural reaction might be to isolate themselves. And maybe they're ashamed of something. Maybe they're just, they don't want to burden other people with their problems. Um, but let's talk about the dangers of isolating yourself, whether it is something that you feel like you're uh, a sin you're struggling with, or if it's something um, that you're dealing with. I mean, if you're, you're dealing with issues with your, uh, with a relationship or with your job or whatever it is, having a community, what are the dangers of just sitting by yourself and, and just soaking in it. Oh boy. COVID has really set us back. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about that. I mean, we've been living in this fear of being together now for what are we in now coming on two years? I don't know. How long has it been? Two years? Well, um, I mean, I guess since I the mean, shutdown, it was mid-March 2020, right? Yeah. So we're a year and a half. Oh, a year and a half. Then. Okay. So see, my mind's kind of a blur. I mean, we've been into covid protection mode so long that uh, we have to get back together. But being alone is, uh, yeah, it's bad. You you have your emotions that you are confused about that you're dealing with alone. You have your temptations that nobody knows about that you're afraid to let people in on. And so you're battling alone. Uh, you're hurting alone, all of that. And then what do you do? Well, you want relief. So you're going to go do, you're more vulnerable to temptations to give you temporary relief from the things that others could help, you know, bear your burden. They could pray with you or they um, could help you feel the love of God. And so, um, boy, I, I, there's unintended consequences yeah. with shutdowns and isolation. Um, 
people talk about drug addictions, but in the church, uh, it's got to be horrible. Our, so our name Soma means body, and it comes from the New Testament. One of the pictures of the church is that the church is the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. So he's the head of the body. We are the members, uh, the rest, the body. And, and so, again, right in with that analogy for the church, of course, 1 Corinthians and Romans speak of the body and how each uh, member uh, needs the other, and there's not one part of the body that's more important than the other in our physical bodies. And, and the Apostle Paul's making the point that in the church, everyone's needed. But I heard a pastor years ago, I can't remember his name, uh, talking about this. And he said, you know, in our physical bodies, if, if we get up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom and, and we stub our baby toe, every other member of our physical body reaches down to help that little baby toe <laughs> in its painful crisis, right? That's how our physical bodies work. That baby toe doesn't just hurt by itself, right? It, our whole physical body reacts to that. And, and he told the, you know, it made the illustration a lot better than I am. But it's so vivid and true. We, we all know what it's like. And, and that's how God designed his church. So that if, if I'm struggling, whether it's with, with temptation, whether it's loneliness, whether it's uh, just the struggles of life, trying to follow Jesus, I, I need brothers and sisters who can come along and, again, bear my burdens, who can help sharpen me, who can encourage me, who can uh, preach the gospel to me again, remind me of what is true in Christ. Uh, we, we are not meant to do life alone, and, and no. yet it's a temptation. And so it's good to have a podcast like this today to talk about it, and we need to be reminding our people about it all the time. We did one not long ago. Um, uh, we it was it the most downloaded episode that we've had within the first twenty four hours. It was downloaded almost two hundred times, um, and it was an episode that we talked about about pornography and the addiction to pornography. And it showed uh, it's and this is I don't think this is an actual secret, but it showed the the dangers of it that it's it's everywhere and it's so easily accessible and so many people are struggling with it. And no one talks about it. Well, I'll just and be people honest. People are afraid to talk about it. Yeah. So, so I'm 48. So long, long time ago, when you know there wasn't internet and those kind of things, and when I was a teenager, I had a struggle with pornography, and I thought I was the only one. I thought, boy, if anybody knew, they would think I was just you know sicko and and whatnot. And it wasn't until at summer camp, um, all my Friends, we were in the cabin together, and this counselor took a risk on the first night of camp to bring up the topic. And I'm laying there in the dark thinking, oh, I'm the only one. And yet God used him, and so all of a sudden I shared, and then my best friend shared, and basically every guy in the cabin shared. And and then we experienced what I think it's in Ephesians. Paul talks about bringing things to the light mm-hmm. and, yes. and, and exposing. And, th- and there is freedom now. I'm not hiding this thing. It's yes. not in the dark. Yes. But now... These brothers know, and that was the beginning. And you can help each other. Yeah, and it wasn't an immediate thing, but but it was the beginning of me breaking free from struggle with pornography. Now, sometimes when we isolate ourselves um, because of the because we're let's say we're dealing with grief or something like that, uh, a reaction might not be to isolate ourselves, but to uh, join in to a secular community. Um, something, go out and, you know, get to a party or uh, go out to a bar, things like that. So what are some of the dangers of being part of secular community? And is it okay as Christians to be part of a secular community? You're laughing. I'm I'm only laughing. I'm wondering if this is a... uh, I'm only laughing because I don't know why I'm laughing at that. I shouldn't laugh at that. Um, 
I mean, you know, I, I play golf with guys that are not Christians and right. I really, yeah, yeah. I really well, enjoy is, yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy Basketball it. would have been mine for that too. Yeah. 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 So you, yeah. And you see where they're at in their life and, um, you know, part of you is burdened. The other part is like, I can't believe uh, this. So, uh, it can be good if you're reaching out to want to share the life of Christ that you have with them, share the gospel with them perhaps. But of course the danger is that you're finding counterfeit uh, community, uh, you know, at the bar, for example, and how many people have been tempted to go to the bar to meet people and then end up, you know, in trouble. Um, and the bar, I've heard pastors talk about the bar as being a picture of community. I'm not sure it's the best one, but, you know, the bartender can let you share whatever you want to share, and they listen. And Sometimes you want to go you where know? everybody knows your name. <laughs> hey, yeah, there you go. Uh, hey, if Ted Danson was a bartender, yeah, I might right. have actually visited a you bar know? once or twice. So... Um, you, you're, uh, the danger of course is that, well, bad company, uh, bad company good morals, the go. scriptures say. So I, I, yeah, we, right. And Jesus wants us to be in the world, not, uh, not of the world. He, he hasn't removed us. So again, we, we are called to, um, be salt and light. And that means we, we are impacting. And so we can have good friendships that, that are with people that don't share the same faith, but it's not going to be biblical community. I like that. Because that is centered, again, on Jesus. Biblical community. I experienced, so when I was young, I had left, um, I, as, a, as a 15-year-old kid, I had made the decision to leave the public high school I was attending, which I was, I was 14, when I was a freshman, I was playing varsity basketball with um, one of the biggest high schools in the state and went to a summer camp, a uh, basketball camp, where... I just noticed like, I mean, I'm with a bunch of 18 year olds and they've got pornography, they've got beer, they've got weed and you know, all this stuff that they're, they're just, they're out on their own. It's like kind of a freedom thing for them. And I was like, I came home from that and I told my parents, like, if I stick around this for the next four years, that's, I know that's what I'll become. So I got to get out now. So I switched high schools when I was a freshman in high school to get away from that because I knew if I'm around this, I will be the one that is influenced instead of being the influencer. Wow, that's and a great now, decision. as an adult, I I see different relationships, friendships I've had where I am confident that I am not going to be the influenced in this friendship, but I want to keep this friendship because I know that I can be um, encouraging to this person. I keep inviting them to church. I mean, we all we Brett, you've talked about neighbors you've invited to church all the time. You're not going to not talk to your neighbors anymore because they're not right. Christians, right? You know, right. so having having community with people that aren't Christians, that's how, fact, that's how you share the gospel, right? I mean, if this was an evangelism talk, sure. you know, it's a, exactly. it's really a fellowship right. talk. But right. if it was an evangelism talk, I'm like, too many Christians are just cloistered. Clicking yes. together. Yeah. Right. Inward focused. Exactly. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's another, that's another podcast, another whole nother topic yeah. completely. But um, yeah, that was why I wanted to ask that. Now, uh, the last question I want to ask before we take off today um, is just quality friendships. So having, you can have healthy friendships, unhealthy friendships. Um, so what friendships can make you better. They can impact you in a, in a way to make you weaker. So let's just ask the question If quality friendships can make you better. What impact can weak, unhealthy friendships or relationships have in your life? Some writers talk about uh, very draining people mm -hmm. and they talk about very resourceful people. Uh, some other writers talk about people that uh, extra grace is required uh, kind of a thing. And there are people that do drain you. Uh -huh. um, and if that's all you have in your life, because they don't 
maybe there are people that for whatever reason are not able to give and, and they're always, they're dealing with things and they're sort of, um, uh, you know, very focused in on themselves. If that's all you have, that's not good. I mean, we all have people we reach out to and we minister to and we encourage, but it's okay. And it's important to have resourceful people in your life, people that give you energy, people that you really can have great discussions with and you enjoy being around them. Uh, so be careful to keep a good balance. I mean, want to have ministry and it, people at church, you know, there's people that are hurting or people in your small group that are hurting and we reach out to them. Um, but it's also important to balance that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Jesus had Judas, you know, among the 12. Yeah. You mentioned Talk Paul, about you a mentioned, training person. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned the, the tensions between the disciples and um, I've, I've interviewed uh, a couple of the people from the chosen um, the associate producers come on a couple of times and just talk to him about that. And before they did season two, I don't know if you've watched that. I haven't seen um, season two, no. So season two really dives into that. Mm. And there's a whole scene where they're sitting around a campfire and you know Jesus is out healing people and the disciples are sitting back at a campfire just arguing. And they're all mad <laughs> at great. Matthew yeah, because he, he you betrayed us. You you grew up learning the same things we did and then you started working for Rome. What What are you doing, man? And they're all kind of angry at each Mm. other. And then Jesus walks by just tired and exhausted and walks by and just looks over at him, just says, good night, and walks to the tent. (laughs) And they all just dead silent are just like, I mean, totally convicted on what they're arguing about. But Mm. the the season deals a lot with um, the tensions that, you know, they're not saying this is how it was. They're saying this is how it could have been, though. They're doing life together, 12 guys following Jesus around. 100% 100% they argued. Like, there's no way that they were just always just being, like, in agreement on everything when you've got that group of guys, right? The, the zealot, the fisherman, the, the tax collector. You kind of learn as you, as you, I think you, you grow as a Christian and you've been a Christian longer, you learn a couple of things. One, there are some people in the church fellowship that you're not going to solve mm-hmm. their problem. I mean, you, you either they don't want it to be solved— could be one thing, or it's just too big. So when you're a younger Christian, I'm speaking for myself now, you you kind of have the, I think, mistaken notion that if I just spend enough time, I'm going to really pull this person out of whatever it is they're in. Yeah. And some, I'm not saying we shouldn't be encouraging and hope that we can do that, but there, uh, you have to draw boundaries. There's mm-hmm. a healthy boundary, which I'm not going to solve it for you, so I'm not going to, I can't sit here and feel guilty and that guy have to yeah um and there there's a danger with the codependent person who um is trying to solve people's problems probably because maybe their own hurt and i don't know it's a it's well, almost a counseling how thing. many times have you heard somebody a christian starts dating a non-christian think and they they think they can yeah same idea they can you know right change this person um, which actually, I'm doing a podcast with some people in uh, a couple weeks, and we're talking about that, the the dangers of uh, oh, yeah. of relationships with uh, people that you're not equally yoked with, um, non-Christians. So uh, I, anything, I, yeah, go ahead. I just would add, I was thinking, you know, we need, we need to be people that do this, and we need people in our life to do this to us. And it's uh, Ephesians 4, 29, just one example. The apostle writes, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. So so we need friendships that are full of grace into our lives. 
And mm-hmm. we need to be those kind of friends in community that, that give grace with our speech. And, and so to me, that's one thing that will uh, be an unhealthy marker of, of community is when, when the speech isn't graceful and great and grace filled, but, but whether it's gossip or whether it's just always discouraging to me, that that's a hard thing personally. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it in our churches. We, we need people to have grace filled speech uh, toward us, and we need to be that toward right. one another. Amen. Yeah, and so yeah, on your on the notes that I sent you guys, gossip is a topic that um, I have on there, and that's gonna next time um, I'm bringing a couple other guys, um, and uh, we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about gossip and the dangers of it and what it looks like, and uh, yeah, what kind of how it can be toxic in a church and toxic to a relationship, a friendship. Um, we didn't get to that today, but uh, we're going to get to that next time with uh, with a few other people. So, um, hey, w- the reason we're talking about community is because we want you to get plugged in. So if anybody, if you're looking for someplace to get plugged in, please let us know. We've got lots of things going on. Paul, I know you've got lots of things going on at your church. There are Churches have a lot of ways to get plugged in. Uh, don't let yourself fall through the cracks. We want you to be, uh, to be plugged in. So um, we've got small groups and, and events and things. So... If you have uh, any questions about those, you can reach out to us at the church. Uh, we have a new email here called podcast at springhills.org. If you've got anything that you want to uh, want to ask or a topic you want to hear about on the on the podcast, you can email that. Let me know. Uh, otherwise, all right, Paul, Pastor Brett, thank you. Pastor Paul, sorry. You're both pastors. Oh, okay. oh Ortlinghouse. I'll make sure I spell it right on the, uh, on the, with, the feed. With three T's. Three T's. Yeah. So thank you guys for being here. Appreciate it.